Blog Talk Radio.
All right. Welcome to another edition of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, there was a new cut by Kiki Wide in Avon, and you know they've done it again. You know they've been putting out hits together for almost over ten years. You know, and um, Kiki Wide, she is. Um, a native of Indianapolis, so, you know, she's doing it big still after all these years, so I think it's going to be another hit for them, so I'm really excited to see where that goes. So on the line we have tonight, um, Mr. Kane Naylor from, um, he's from Indiana, he's from the Anderson area, and um, he's joining us tonight. We're going to be our co-host for the evening. Uh, Michael Snyder will be in a little later, but He's going to be our special um, guest tonight, and for those who don't know him, um, he's been on this show several times now. Um, he's a part of the UCOFW family now, and he's really um, into um, a lot of things um, dealing with technology, um, anything dealing with computer technology, um, the uh, removal of viruses, um, just anything that you can think of dealing with um, technology. He's very knowledgeable on it, and uh, we're honored to have him tonight. He's going to um, answer your questions with um, regards to um, issues dealing with, um, you know, some of you guys may have issues dealing with, like, removing viruses from your computers or, like, you know, new technology out right now, especially with the smartphones and different things like that. He's going to answer your questions regarding that, and if you want to, Feel free to call in at um, area code 646-915-8200. If you just want to listen or you want to call in, feel free to do so. Uh, You can can join the Blog Talk Radio Show um, website for free, and you can um, come in and listen to um, us and chat with us live in our live chat room which I'm about to open here shortly. Um, all you have to do is go to blogtalkradio.com, um, sign up. It's real easy. Um, and then once you're signed up, you can look us up under UCOFW, and you can just jump in, chat with us, um, send, send us questions, comments, whatever you want to do. Feel comfortable to come in and make yourself home. Um, We're just all about respectful dialogue here. Um, Michael Snyder will be in after after the 11 o'clock hour. He's going to tell you about his website and what he's doing. But we're going to go to the lines, and we're going to, um, before we go to our music mix, we're going to go and um, open up the lines. And um, I think we do have Kane online. Um, Are you there? Kane? Seven six five three nine three. Um, do you have a question or a comment? I think we. I think that might be him, but um, probably not around the phone right now. But what we're going to probably do is um, we're going to jump into some music. We got a lot of hot music, uh, a lot of new music that we're going to uh, play in our mix today. So you know. Um, if there's a suggestion or, like, you have a um, shout-out or if you want to hear a certain song, hit me up and we'll try to play it. But we're going to go to our um, mix tonight. 
Um, we got a lot of hot music. Um, we got some music from Miguel. We got some music from Will I Am, Rihanna. Um, just just a lot of stuff, you know. Um, if we don't play it tonight, we'll definitely get into it next in what next week's show. So we got a lot of good music that we downloaded, and um, we're ready to share with the listening um, audience. So uh, we're going to start it off, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get hyped, and then we're going to slow it down a little bit, you know what I'm saying, for all the lovers and, you know, in the house and stuff. You know, it's getting kind of late, so, you know, a lot of y'all are probably settling down. So we're going to got something for y'all, too. Uh, you know, I got some some more music from my girl, Kiki White. So uh, I don't know. Just keep it locked. Once again, call us at 646-915-8200, or you can listen to us live. Um, or on demand, you can always go back and listen to our episodes at www.blogtalkradio.com slash UCOFW. We're also on iTunes. If you want to download us for free, just look us up under UCOFW. And also, we do have a YouTube channel, and we would love for you guys to get on there, subscribe, join us. Uh, we're going to start putting up more videos and stuff like that. Um, in the future, we are going to start a new series on there, but you know, I've, I've always been in the school of thought. I'm, I'm learning as I get older. Don't, you know, speak too much on something before it happens. So we're just going to see where that goes. But anyways, uh, we're going to open up the chat rooms. We're going to start this mix, and we will be back around 1030 to actually start our show. We'll go to the line one more time to see if Kane's on there. Uh, 7659396, Kane. Okay, it must not be enough. All right, well, uh, let's get this party started, and uh, we will be back shortly. Watch, I got a swimming pool full of liquor and they dive in it. 
Headshot. Bank. Sit down. Bank. Stand up. Bank. Pass out. Bank. Wake up. Bank. Fade it. Bank. Fade it. Bank. Okay. Now open your mind up and listen to me, Kendrick. I'm in your conscience. If you do not hear me, then you will be history, Kendrick. I know that you're nauseous right now, and I'm hoping to lead you to victory, Kendrick. If I take another one down, I'ma drown in some poison abuse on my limit. I think that I'm feeling the vibe. I see the love in her eyes. I see the feeling of freedom is granted as soon as the damage of fire has arrived. This how you capitalize. This is parental advice. And apparently, I'm over-influenced by what you are doing. I thought I was doing the most since someone said to me. Nigga, why you
J gon' poke it like wet paint. You say no to ratchet pussy. You see J can't, 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 can't. Rags everywhere. They showing racks, I'm throwing racks. In the VIP, rubber on, I'm stretching that. Rich niggas sipping, broke niggas looking. And it ain't a strip club if they ain't showing pussy. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. All these chicks popping pussy, I'm just popping bands. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. These chicks clapping and they ain't using hands. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. All these chicks popping pussy, I'm just popping bands. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. These chicks clapping and they ain't using hands. Pop that pussy for a real nigga. Pull out my black card. That's my little nigga. Make a movie with your bitch, Steven Spiel, nigga. Smoking on Keisha. Cold, give me chills, nigga. What's your real name? And I your stripper name. I make it rain on you. Like a window pane. Dance and make her dance. Don't you make her come hit it from the side like a motherfucking bass drum? Two hoes on one fucking pole, two hoes on my fucking pole. I don't tip, I pay bills. Bitches call me Buffalo, her stomach and her ass out. I'm flyer than the ones they pass out. If money grown trees, I branched out. I'm just waiting for my bitch to cash out. Bands will make her dance, bands will make her dance. Holy shit, popping, I'm just popping bands. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. These cheeks clapping and they using hands. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. All these cheeks popping pussy, I'm just popping bands. Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. These cheeks clapping and they using hands. Down in Atlanta, about to hit up magic. Throw some money in the air, all the bad bitches gon' grab it. Scream off the floor, she gon' need a couple of bags. Like a broke ATM, I'm spilling all this cash. Some niggas in the club don't be spending shit. 20 seconds one night, I be on tripping shit. My career's paid off, but I'm still paying rent. A couple of Cardinals paid, she loving her shit. She make that ass clap, that's her like she on a dick. Bring it back up to a sack, that's a lucky bitch. Up and down she go when she sliding on that pole Making money, stacking them honey, shout it cold Bands will make her dance, bands will make her dance Holy cheeks popping pussy, I'm just popping bands Bands will make her dance, bands will make her dance These cheeks clapping and they ain't using hands Bands will make her dance, bands will make her dance Holy cheeks popping pussy, I'm just popping bands Bands that make her dance, bands that make her dance. These cheeks clapping and they ain't using hands. Bring the action. When you hear this in the club, you gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. 
see the boys in the club. They watching off. They watching off. They watching off. Everybody in the club. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh we oh we oh we oh. We saying oh we oh we oh we oh. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We saying oh we oh we oh we oh. Will I am in Britney, bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring the action. Rock and roll. Everybody, let's lose control. All the bottom, we let it go. Going fast, we ain't going slow. No, no. Hey, yo. Hear the beat, now let's hit the flow. Drink it up and then drink some more. When you have us in the club, you gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. You gotta turn the shit up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. You see them girls in the club? They looking at us. They looking at us. They looking at us. Everybody in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us.
dearly beloved. If this love only exists in my dreams, don't wake me up. Too much light in this window. Don't wake me up. Only coffee, no sugar inside my cup. If I wake and you're here still, give me a kiss. I wasn't finished dreaming about your lips. Don't wake me up, 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 up. Don't wake me up, 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 up. Don't wake me up, 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 up. Great. 
So, Kane, tell us a little bit about your expertise when it, as it relates to uh, computer technology and uh, things of that nature, and tell us what, what are you skilled in and, and what information do you have to share with us tonight? And also, uh, for those, once again, who are just joining us, um, we do have Kane Naylor that is online right now. He is I consider him a tech guru. He knows a lot about what's going on as far as technology. He can help you out as far as, like, uh, removing viruses, spyware, all kinds of things off your computer. He's going to be taking calls tonight if you have any questions. You can call us at 646-915-8200. So um, can you let us know a little bit about yourself and um, what, um, how, how do you, what gives you the authority? I mean, well, how what gives you the authority to um, help other people? Like, what's your background and things of that nature? Okay. Well, um, I guess I can go over, I guess, what you could call my resume. Um, <clears throat> after graduating from college back in uh, 2006, I didn't, I didn't go to school for technology or anything like that. I went to school for East Asian languages and literature and political science, but... I I found myself unemployed not long after graduating, and I got landed a job with a, a call center doing uh, customer service and tech support for Apple computers, and that's what started this this whole thing. So you know I did I helped people with their their Macintoshes and their their iPods and their and whatnot, you know doing uh, you know resolving technical issues. And then I started doing customer service for one of the big three um, telecommunications companies, helping people uh, restore their internet connection. And and then um, I got promoted after a couple weeks and started uh, supporting more advanced stuff like security software and home networking, you know, you know routers and Wi-Fi networks. And then I got another promotion to do internal support, which was basically instead of helping the customers, I was helping the agents that are helping the customers with their own technical questions. If they had a problem helping a customer resolve an issue, they would call, and people in my department would help them out uh, with that. And so I just worked doing customer service for some cell phone companies as well. And then um, got lost my job with that company in Columbus, Ohio, and I moved back home to live with my mom. And I I got a call one day from this company that uh, called Netcom, that does uh, certifications, technology certifications. And they asked me if I would be interested in signing up for a class to get uh, a certification, and I was. So they sent me out to Las Vegas, and I took a uh, week-long class and qualified for what's called A-plus and Network-plus. Those are two of the three basic certifications required for anyone to work in the information technology field. A-plus basically says you're certified to troubleshoot work on uh, computers and networking pluses for working with uh, networks like routers and switches and, and setting up uh, networks. 
So with those certifications, that qualifies me to do things like work on virus removal, do advanced troubleshooting with all kinds of technology issues. And I currently work for a national um, nationwide company that does support for um, customers of Cox Communications, uh, Plum Choice, ACN, PC Richard and Son, T um, um, people, you know, <clears throat> have their services or purchase computers from their stores and they sign up for the uh, uh, extended warranty and support and um, I, I help them out with whatever issue they have. All right. Um, that, that's definitely um, a very, very nice resume. And, um, and from what I hear, it seems like you're very qualified. So here's a personal question. Um, do you prefer Apple or Microsoft? And what are, the, what are some of the pros and cons of both operating systems? And, um, like, if you were to be an Apple user, what uh, what would be the best? Like, if, if you were into certain things like editing or different things like that, which would be better? Or you're into a lot of, um, if you're into media, making a lot of, you know, editing videos or things like that, which one would you prefer? Like, what operating systems are best for what types of things that, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, um First of all, yeah, just let us know do you which one do you prefer and what are the pros and cons of each. Well, this is just, of course, just going to be my opinion. Um, there's, you've, as everyone knows, there's a big battle over Windows versus Macintosh versus Linux or whatever. But my personal preference is the Macintosh. That environment, I've been using the, the Apple environment since the Macintosh first came out in 1984. That's my preference. But I'm very well experienced with the Windows environment as well. They each have their pros and cons. In my opinion, I think Macintosh, as far as music and video editing, is best. Um, the The whole desktop publishing revolution began on a Macintosh, but you can do some really great desktop editing, you know, making your own papers, that kind of stuff. You can do a really good job on a Windows machine as well. There's fabulous applications available for Windows for doing so. But so my opinion is, is Macintosh. I also believe that the Macintosh Mac OS X is just a much more robust operating system. Anyone that's used Windows, you know how uh, it's it, oftentimes you will have difficulty getting back on the Internet. You know, you shut your computer down at night, then the next morning, what's going on? I can't get on the Internet. Uh, yeah. Macintosh doesn't has the, you experience that problem much less often with a Macintosh. Um, I, I'm 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 going to say this. I don't mean to insult anyone, but this is just my uh, from my experience. Windows makes people feel dumb with all those questions. You know, you click on something and ask, "Hey, do you you just did something? Are you sure you want to continue? Yes or no?" And you know, always getting those things. And you know, people that are not 
very savvy with computers that confuses them. And so, you know, you're perfectly, you could be a perfectly intelligent human being with, you know, PhD in economics. And then you get on your Windows machine and you get asked all these silly things about what you're doing and you feel dumb. Right. Uh, and you don't really get that with the Macintosh. But with that said, also with the Macintosh, Apple makes its customers dumb because a lot of the stuff that a Windows user has to do, you don't have to do with a Macintosh. So when you try to do something more advanced, oftentimes a Macintosh user is completely lost, even more so than a Windows user. And I don't even notice that even down to their, um, like it's, you know, even I say for like Apple or anything like that, um, even when you're dealing with like their technology as far as dealing with phones and things like that, it's just it's too it's it doesn't I don't know, and that's another topic we get into, like as far as like phones and like the operating systems on phones now, like it just seems like Apple doesn't offer as much, it's too simplistic I think, versus like um if you were going to go with a Windows phone or or Android or something like that. You know, I, I noticed that you know, there's not as many options, there's not as many apps, and I don't know. It just, well, it just I wouldn't seems... say that's that's true. Again, with the the Macintosh, it's set up. They've engineered the whole experience from the machine all the way down to the operating system. Everything is engineered so that it's ease of use for the user, make it much more easier. Um, Steve Jobs had a slogan that he always said, it works. They want to make an experience that works for the customer. You can do anything you can do on a Windows machine, you can do on a Macintosh. It's just has a different name and it's well, somewhat I, located I, somewhere else. I just don't, I, I'm not really in fan of Apple. I just, I don't think, you know, I really don't think they offer you as much. Like, I really don't. Um, especially when you're talking about, you know, apps and different things that, you know, versus, you know, you know, the Android. You know, I, I just, I feel, you know, I've, I've been on both sides of track. That, you know, I've, like, had, you know, Apple devices and, you know, stuff like that, but it's just, it's not for me. And I don't think that it's, you, you just, I don't know, it's just, I, I know some people that are um, used to, you know, using, like, an um iPhone versus like you know Android phone and they and they think that it's a lot easier than using an Android. You know I I, I prefer Android because I think there's there's more options. I think there's more apps. I think you know you can do a whole lot more. But that's my personal opinion. Right. You know, well, but um, when it comes down yeah. to it, basically it's what you feel comfortable with. You know, mm-hmm. some people are more comfortable using. Android over uh, Windows Mobile or or the uh, iOS, it's just whatever you feel most comfortable with, what you're happy with, and also what do you want your machine to do? I mean, if you're if you want to play games, if that's all you want to do with your machine is play games, get a Windows machine because there's ten times more games available for Windows environment than there is for a Mac. But if you want to do something like music production or you want to do video production, in my opinion, the best route to go is with Macintosh because that's one area that Macs are very strong in. Yeah. So um, is there, like, um, as far as uh, 
misconceptions? Like, what are some of the main misconceptions people have when when dealing with computers? Like, you know, um, you know, what what are some things that people should look out for, and what are some of the the main misconceptions people have? Like, just break it down to the average person that does not know that's that's not really advanced as far as computer technology is concerned. What are some of the the things that they need to look out for, and uh, what are some of the misconceptions that a lot of people have? Well, um, one one of the big ones from the Macintosh side is that Macs don't get viruses. That's just not true. They do get viruses. The only reason that it seems like they don't get viruses is because the system is a lot more secure than a Windows environment. Um, Also, for years, Apple has had a a smaller market share. You know, like 10 years ago, there was probably 95% of computer users were using Windows and the other 5% were using Macs. So there just was no, if you're a hacker, why are you going to bother programming for such a small community, you know, programming a virus for such a small community? It's so much easier to do that for a Windows machine. But as Apple grows and and captures more of the market share, more and more people buying Macintoshes. I mean, at least once a week I talk to a Windows user that says, ask me, what do you think about Macs? Because I'm I'm getting tired of using Windows. I'm thinking about switching. You know, more people are moving over to Macintoshes. As that market share grows, going to start getting more, seeing more and more viruses and malicious software in the Macintosh environment. Um, as far as computers in general, I think another misconception is the urgency for antivirus software. Every day I talk to someone that has a virus on their computer, and they, they always ask, I've got McAfee, I've got Norton, I've got AVG on my computer. How did I get this virus? Well, you let it in. You can take your daily vitamins and drink dirty water, and you're still going to get sick. Yeah. That's true. So I think my personal opinion, I think this is just because I work from the other end of things, removing viruses from people's computers every day. I think that security software is overrated. It helps, but people are going to get a virus just because they're not careful. It's almost like it's because you get a flu virus. Don't mean, flu shot doesn't mean that you're exempt from getting the virus. Is it something like that? You know, when you that's a good analogy. Yep. So yeah. those are two of the big oh. ones that I can think of. <clears throat> well, we definitely have like security software and computer. Go with, well, as far as if people are going to go with. Um, uh, software like that. What what should they look for? What are the best ones you think that are out there? And um, I've heard from certain people that it seems like sometimes those programs can do more harm to your computer than good, and they collect data on you. Is there any truth behind that? I think that's just paranoia. I mean, yes, this <clears throat> a lot of a lot of software does. Like for example, when you're downloading McAfee, it will ask you if you will 
give the, the software permission to collect data about your 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 system and whatnot, and send that data back to McAfee so that they can analyze it. It's all done anonymously. They're not getting your email address. They're not getting your financial information. They're, it's just information about the operating system and, and what's going on inside the computer behind the scenes. Nothing to do with what websites you're visiting or anything like that. And all that is used for is just so that they can help make their product better. But... Um, I, that, again, that's a question I get asked by people. They, you know, I see that they've got both McAfee and Norton on their system, and I say, okay, we need to get rid of one of these. And they ask me, which one is better? And I always tell a customer, well, which one are you comfortable working with? They do pretty much the same thing, so it's just which do you prefer working with? Are you happier with Norton or are you happier with McAfee? Also, most Internet service providers provide – you get free security software with your subscription to Internet. So I would just go with whatever your Internet service provider um, has to offer because yeah. it's free. You're getting it free with your subscription to Internet. And if you do get a virus, they will provide some level of uh, support to try and help you get it cleaned up. So um, I understand you had some uh, um, some things that you wanted to share um, as far as scams and things to look out for and um, just a couple of things that you wanted to share um, personally. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I'm not sure how long this, this scam has been going on, but I seem to be hearing about it a little bit more frequently recently. I know personally they've called my mother a couple times. Um, but there's a couple scams out there where you will suddenly just out of the blue get a phone call, and they will. It's usually they're usually people uh, from India. You, they'll have a, a very strong accent, mm-hmm. so they're, they're not calling from the United States. And they'll they'll claim that they're representing Microsoft or Windows. Yeah. And they'll they'll say, oh, there's something wrong with your computer, or uh-huh. you know, you've got some viruses on your computer, and they will ask you permission to remote into your computer, and they'll pull up um, some of your system tools, like the event log viewer, which is a record of all the different processes that go on in the background. You never see this stuff, but if you know how to get to it, you can see it and see what's going on. And there isn't a single Windows computer that isn't going to show some kind of error or something that didn't work properly, and it's going to be there in the event log. And they'll use that as evidence that there's something wrong with your computer when, in fact, there is nothing actually wrong. And then they'll say, okay, give us 150 bucks, and we'll give you a new license from Microsoft because your all these errors are showing that your Windows operating system, the license is expired, which is a bunch of crap. If you bought this computer from a store, you've got a perfectly legal copy of the operating system. If you download it from Microsoft, it's a perfectly legal copy of the operating system. So that's just one of the big scams that's been going on recently. Hey, you know what? um, My parents had um, a similar uh, incident happen to them where someone, like you said, from that Obviously not from here. They called and they wanted to um, wanted permission to go into the computer and 
and it was sort of said something about viruses or something like that, and it was just kind of strange how they how they came off. You know, it it just right. it just was yeah, you know. So I've, I've it, it, it's it's some validity in that because uh, you know my my parents were. I don't want to say addicted to that, but they kind of felt that they, they kind of caught on to it was just something not right about that. So I'm right. urging everybody out there, if people are calling you, you know, trying to, you know, if, if you're not calling your provider asking for help, don't don't even fall victim to that. You exactly. know, they shouldn't be calling you. You should be calling them if you have problems. I'm glad you said that, Seneca, because I was just going to mention that. Yeah, exactly. That should be a big flag if some you get a call out of the blue. And how do they know? How do they know exactly. there's something wrong? You know, that should just be immediate. There's a scam going on, just like those that scam that's been going on for years and years. As long as the internet's been around, you know, the emails. I, hi, I'm from Kenya, and I just uh, I need help transferring this money out of my country. Here's you know. Who who's gonna call you up? I'll just sell the blue and say, "Here's a big pile of cash." Mm-hmm. Hey, Kane. Um, we, we, we're gonna go to the line. Um, we just had another caller join. Okay. Um, call three one seven nine three seven. Um, do you have a question or a comment, or are you listening at this point? I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Um. Um, we're just um, just talking about computer technology. We're just talking about different things out here, um, scams and things that people should um, be aware of. Um, we'll put you on hold, and we might come back to you in a little bit and see if you have anything, you know, you, at, you know, at a point and see if you um, have anything to ask or if you have a comment. Um, is it okay? Yeah, that's okay. Okay, thanks. Hey Seneca, there is another so, thing I, I, I really want to uh, let people know saying, about. Like, uh, that that's one of the biggest scams, and I think I'm gonna do a show on that eventually because I think um, a lot of people feel that oh, uh, because you know I'm on a do not call list, they think that they're exempt or they're protected from people um, contacting them with different scams or schemes. And like I said, uh, I've been perfect. You know, personally a victim of I don't want to say a victim, but I've been approached with that scam before, um, with someone calling from another country with a different access saying that they want to want you to grant them access to get into your computer and stuff like that. So uh, I'm glad that you really brought that up, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people have um, experienced that because um, it's just kind of fun. You know, it's a real shame too because. A lot of, you know, older people, older ladies and gentlemen that, you know, maybe they're, they're seniors, you know, they're retired and their children gave them a computer so that they can keep in touch with them on Skype or email. And they really do prey on those, those people because, you know, they're, they're naive. They don't, you know, yeah. they automatically assume that they hear all these things about computers and how advanced uh, the technology is. They they think they just automatically believe like, oh, this techie person, they know, you know, there's like a they got a crystal ball and they can see what's going on. Yeah. But another thing I do want to um, advise all the listeners, when you're, this is another thing I come across every day, uh, working on cleaning up people's computers. 
and you know people they get a little toolbar or something installed on their computer and and they always claim that they didn't install it well actually you did there was you were trying to download something let's 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 take like java for an example i see this all the time when trying to upload update java on a customer's computer you get the little pop-up window asking you permission to install the latest version of Java, which is legitimate. But then you get to the next screen, and if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss that there, it's also asking you if you want to install the Ask toolbar. Oh, yeah, I've seen this is I see this all the time, and it happens with all kinds of other stuff, like the Babylon toolbar, uh, the Inbox toolbar, all these things. They're not good, and they're not bad. You just don't want them on your computer. And this stuff slides by people. You know, you're trying to download a game, and you get all this other crapware installed on your computer. And and so I I want all the listeners, when you're downloading stuff, make sure you're reading those little pop-up windows when you're downloading some software. Make sure you're not downloading something you don't want along with what you do want. Okay. Well, um, I know we've talked about a lot of preventative uh, measures and, you know, in efforts to uh, avoid these, these situations, but what about the person that, okay, um, they weren't aware of, of what they've done and, and they, they're, they, they're now facing a, a problem, like as far as, like, spyware and different other types of um, issues with their computer. How can they go about... Uh, removing this software from their computer. Um, what can they do? Um, you know, I know we talked about a lot of preventative things, but what about the person that um, has like these viruses? Now, what can they do? And especially, and also, and I want you to discuss. Um, I want to get through this in a minute about you know how to be careful with, with um, going to different websites and you know entering your credit card information. How can you safeguard that? And, um, identity and all that stuff Like um, you know I want to get on that In a minute but what about the I want you to address like what can a person Do that That, that has like these viruses on their computer Now Alright well if you're Reasonably savvy And with Using your computer You can try removing your, uh, yourself you would want to shut your computer down and then reboot it back into safe mode or safe mode with networking so that that's you know that's a diagnostic mode that um, basically on, only loads the basic necessities for the computer to operate things like uh, um audio system sounds that stuff's going to be turned off and oftentimes it also disables the virus or the spyware or whatever that way you can safely remove that uh, malicious software. And there's a whole load of tools that you can uh, download, uh, many of them free, like CCleaner, HostExpert, Hijack This, things like that. Those are tools that I use every day with my, my customers for removing and cleaning up computers. If you are not, uh, if you don't feel confident in trying to remove malicious software yourself, then I suggest you sign up with a service uh, like the company I work for, Plum Choice. And uh, you can get a monthly subscription, and 
we do all kinds of things, not just re removal of viruses, but we also do software training. If you're having problems accessing email, we'll help you with that. If you're using a router, we'll help you set up your router, you know, give you a, a wife set up the Wi-Fi network, get your iPad attached to the, the wireless network, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, there there are a number of free tools that you can download yourself. Um, uh, Malware Bytes is another great virus removal tool. Combo Fix is a great virus removal tool. Um, a lot of these things, like if you're not familiar with your computer, you probably don't want to touch some of these things because you could end up doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And but um, you can also go into the your system folders and look for anything that <clears throat> that looks strange, like. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the FBI virus, but the FBI virus has been going around for months, and not a day goes by that I don't have a customer that has the FBI virus. And um, can you explain to those uh, who may not know what that virus is? What is that virus, and what can it do to your system, especially if it goes um, if it goes uh, if, if you ignore it and don't. Um, the situation fixed. Well, first off, there's no way to ignore it. <laughs> you turn your computer on after the system's done loading, a big screen will come up and it'll say you uh, we've detected you're downloading illegally illegally downloading music and movies and blah 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 and it will say you have to go to CVS or Walgreens and purchase a $200 money pack and mail that into us. And it'll have the FBI logo some variations hijack your your webcam, so it'll show a little screen with a, a video. You know, you you looking back at your computer, you'll see yourself. And the oh, whole wow. it doesn't really do anything to your computer. It just uh, other than stops you from using it, doing anything with your computer whatsoever. And uh, they try to basically coerce you into. Sending them one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars, or something like that, and it's obviously not the FBI. If you were in trouble with the FBI, they'd be knocking on your door. They wouldn't be sending you some, you know, they wouldn't be locking your computer down. Right, right. But um, there's a bunch of different variations of that virus. Um, one of the reasons that that virus gets past security software, at least in the past, is it it disguises itself and pretends to be an actual legitimate system file so that security software doesn't see it as a threat. And the easiest version is if you go to the, the start menu, go to your startup folder, and if you see something that says CTFMON in your startup folder, that's the virus right there. Just right-click and delete it. Other variations are a little bit more difficult. They, they, hide in your system folders and they have really ridiculous names and it'll have the date that they was installed and if you pull up, you know, right click on it and choose properties and get the information, you know, more detailed information, oftentimes all that information is going to be in Russian. That's the virus right there. Oh wow. Very interesting. Um 
And as far as like um, uh, safeguarding your information, because um, I know a lot of, um, uh, I know you can get online and how a lot of computers like they kind of like save your data and stuff like that and mm-hmm. credit card information and stuff like that. What ways can you, you know, can you um, offer people to safeguard their information? How can they not? Um, fall victim of um, theft or like um, theft of their information as far as credit cards or bank um, and rounding numbers and stuff like that. How can they protect themselves against that? Especially well, by going from websites. I would first off make sure it is a known legitimate website. You know, like uh, like Verizon dot com or. Comcast.net, you know, or CBS.com, you know, your 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 utility provider, whoever you get your pay your gas bill or your electric bill to, you know, only trust those legitimate sites. Also, look in the address bar. If you're on a page where it's gonna you're gonna be making a payment for a bill or you're gonna be ordering um, a T-shirt or something like that. Make sure that that address in your address bar starts off with HTTPS. That S means it's secure. So if you don't, if if you're on the website and they're asking for a credit card number, and you don't see HTTP, don't trust it. Another oh, wow. thing you can do is use um, is use prepaid Visa cards. Just go to CVS, uh, yeah. buy a prepaid Visa card. There's no way they're going to be able to get access to your bank account. Through that, yeah, and I heard that that's a lot safer. Like you can, you know, you 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 know, you only put like an X amount on there just to pay maybe a certain um, bill or certain thing or something like that. And once you know that, you know, and once you you know, what I'm saying you 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 use all the money up on that car is really pretty much useless. Yeah, and so. another thing that I do. Um, Go to Yahoo.com or Gmail, Hotmail, and set up a dummy email account. That way, if you're if you're if you want to set up, you know, get a membership in a website, even if it doesn't ask for billing information, you know how some websites like video sharing websites like Daily Motion or whatever, you got to type in a, an email address. Just set up yourself a dummy email account that you're never going to use for anything except for this. That way, if somehow that email address gets compromised and and people start trying to spam it, that spam's going to an email account you never use for anything other than just setting up an account right. with something like Daily Motion or YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind also, even though a site could be secure and it could be a trusted company like, you know, like uh j c Penny or whatever once that once they have that information, that security is out of your hand it that, it can still be compromised you know someone could be you know an employee of that company and for some reason you know they're you know they decide they they think that they can get away with stealing a bunch of credit cards social security numbers and stuff like that you know your security is is only secure as long as you don't ever give it out. Right. 
that's the only true way to keep that you know your personal information secure. Yeah. Is just never use the internet. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one. That's almost like that saying, right? There's no such thing as face sex. The only sure way of not to catch a, a STD is abstinence or whatever. So I guess the same thing will, would apply yep. to, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got another call. We're going to go to the line um, and see if they have a question or a comment. Um, um, caller eight one two six six three. This is Michael. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. Hey, Michael. Getting home from work. Yeah, just getting off of work and getting back home. Yeah. So, um, well, welcome to the show. As always, this this is uh, Michael Snyder. He's um, the co-host of the Urban Wire. Um, and, and again, we have Kane Naylor online. And um, once again, my name is Seneca Harris. Um, you know, tonight we're talking about computer technology, um, different things as far as uh, different computer software. And also we're talking about how to protect yourself on the Internet as far as, like, um, um, dealing with your personal information, banking information, things of that nature. And um, I know, Michael, you're kind of a little – you're a little – you know, savvy on these types of things. What tips would you give to people um, as it relates to um, protecting your identity line? What things do you normally do personally, um, and what tips can you give the audience on how to safeguard their information? Um, now, I have a personal question for you, too. Um, do you prefer Apple or Android? <laughs> Well, thing almost got into a heated little dis- discussion here a little while ago. So I was like, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think that Apple has more. I mean, I think the Android has more to offer. Operating system has more to offer because I've been on both sides of the track. So I know. Personally. Right. And my opinion is I will never dispute that Apple makes a good product. They do. They make an outstanding product. However, I am definitely a an Android fan. Yeah. I mean, Apple does good. They make a good product. They do. But I'm still like you for the same reasons. I there's a you know I do prefer the more open source type of media. I prefer you know. And when it comes down to you know Apple safeguarding all the things on their App Store, I get it. I understand. And with the Android stuff, you know, do your homework on an app, do research on it, read about it, look at the what other people are saying about it. And I wouldn't just go with something that come out had like hardly no reviews or no ratings on it. I'd do your homework. And that's my theory on it. That's a good point, definitely. So in the other part of that question, how do you uh, personally uh, – Safeguard yourself um, when you're online. If you're doing shopping, or if you have to use your credit card information, or you have to um, divulge any personal information. Because Kane made a um, good point earlier um, when it comes to um, use signing up for different websites or, or, or anything. A good thing to do is like use a prepaid card or use a mm-hmm. dummy account or an email. 
Yeah, I only have one card that I would use, buy anything online with, only one. And that, therefore, that in my, at least in my mind's eye, gives me a smaller window to look at. So, like, it's not a bad idea. Like, a prepaid card would be an excellent idea. You know, I think I'd probably be the safest bet. But, you know, if an individual has several different credit cards, I would only personally use one of them for online stuff. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, you know, make sure you've got a good virus scan. Uh, a good antivirus software is what I do, and I make sure I do many, you know, scans voluntarily and have it do all that. Plus, also, uh, malware bytes is a really good anti-malware software. So that's yeah. another good thing to uh, periodically check the computer with. Um, and just, you know, be careful what you're doing. Also, in your browsers, depending on what type of browser you use, one of the things that I've come a real big, become a really big fan of is a little thing that you can get as an add-on in, it's across the board in all three, you can get it for Google Chrome, you can get it for Internet Explorer, and you can get it for Mozilla's Firefox, is a thing called, um, I'm pulling it up here, uh, it's made by a company called Abine, A-B-I-N-E, it's called Do Not Track Me. And it is a cookie blocker to block different websites from tracking things about your cookie. In other words, reading your cookies and tracking things online. Um, I have read up on that one. I read a, a very large article in depth on it that was on Yahoo News about it. They talked a lot about it, about different things like Facebook is tracking so many different cookies that, you know, anything it can get into and read, it's going to try and read it. You know, if Facebook can do that, think about websites that are, shall we say, less than reputable. So that's another thing that I try to use for my own safety, but those are just my own tips. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, if Kane's a much more higher tech individual than me, he could probably advise us a lot better than that, but that's personally what I do. Many web browsers also come with a feature called private browsing, which also helps to mask your your location, your IP address, or, you know, your, your location, who your provider is. Uh -huh. Another excellent option, if you're really, really concerned about online privacy, if you're really concerned even about a company like Google, whose whole purpose is to collect your personal data, because that's how they make their money is through marketing, targeting you with advertisements. Uh -huh. You can you can purchase a VPN, you know, subscribe to a VPN service. That way, no one can see what you're doing online. Okay. Another and thing you can do the general if public you're using out there, a router. Explain, or maybe you have, and I'm coming on late in the show. But what exactly is a VPN service that people don't really know about? VPN, that stands for Virtual Private Network, and you 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 get a, a provider that's going to provide that VPN service, and of course you're going to you're going to purchase a specific IP address from them, uh -huh. and you connect to their service through the VPN. It's called tunneling, and it's kind of like having a little tunnel that goes through a mountain. No light can get in, no light can get out. 
you can only go through from your computer to whatever web to that VPN service, and then out to the internet, and it masks your your um, your um, activity. If you like to do BitTorrent downloading, a lot of internet providers these days are cracking down on people using BitTorrents because it's using up bandwidth and whatnot. If you'd like to do BitTorrent and you're afraid you're going to get caught, that's a great way to pre prevent keep yourself from getting caught is using a VPN. Okay. Um, another thing that I would suggest for people that use routers, especially wireless routers, um, if you know how to get into your the interface for your router, make sure you shut off the SSID, turn off SSID. And what that is, SSID is your network's name. Let's say you got a wireless router, mm -hmm. and you name it Michael. Mm -hmm. that na your name, your, the name of your network is being broadcast. Anyone with a computer, a wireless computer, they can see that network. So conceivably, if they can see the network, they can hack into it, especially have the, if they have the right tools like Insider or Wireshark. There's free applications you can download that will you can sniff out network activity. So I can see what's going on on my neighbors. I'm glad you brought that up because I've, I've heard of situations where, um, you know, I had you go in and I guess you can, um, like you said, you can see different um, – such if you're using a wireless router or you using a wireless connection, you can see all the different, um, I don't know how you would describe it, like wireless accounts around you. And if you can link on to somebody else's account, you can go in and you can go look at all kind of different websites and different things and do all kind of legal things. And, and, and if it's under that person's login or their wireless account, they'll be held accountable for what you did. Like, they can get in, like you said, under that, uh, you know, account and kind of hack it and do all kinds of things with that. So do you think that that's um, one of the main reasons why people should, should have that account locked so people can get in? Definitely. Um, and, 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 yeah, so definitely. I, use use the highest level of password encryption, you know, like w WPA2 Enterprise and so forth. Don't use WEP because WEP, that is an old technology and it's been hacked over and over and over and over. There's, you know, I mean, a high school kid with the right tool can hack an, a WEP passphrase in no time. Now, I guess but, you had mentioned also, turning you know, off the SSID. If you turn uh, that off, you're, you, no one can see the. The network. I mean, okay. it could be out there. How do you connect to it wirelessly in your own home if you turn that off? Because doesn't your computer have to see it to grab it? It's that exactly. information saved in your computer. Ah, okay. And if you and if for some reason you lose your connection and you and you can no longer see your own network uh -huh. um, in the list of available networks, you just have to know how to get back into your router um, interface, turn it back on, connect, and then turn it back off. Okay. That's good info. <laughs> Learn something every day. Yeah. All right. Well, Michael, um, I know that you're on now. 
Um, did you have anything that you wanted to share with the audience about what's going on with you or anything you've seen in the news that um, that you want to bring up? Or uh, No, not offhand, although I do have to say something interesting that I've seen kind of for this time of year coming up is all the different – evidently, I really thought that, honestly – People weren't taking this December 21st, 2012 thing. I really was thinking, surely to God, people aren't believing the world's going to end on that day. However, evidently, there's enough people talking about it or thinking about this that actually NASA has starting to put together a video that actually they leaked out early that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek, hey, told you so, world's not going to end. It was supposed to be released December 22nd, but it got leaked out already. And I was sitting there thinking, really? Are people really taking this seriously? Evidently, there's quite a bit of people that are. So I've just seen that this was gathering a little steam in the news recently, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, all right. You know, we've been talking about this stuff here, and I know this is, you know, one of a kind because you, you're dealing with the Mayan calendar. But people have been saying the world's going to end on this day and the world's going to end on that day. And, you know, it's just like, wow, like, you know, it hasn't happened. Like, so when are people right. going to yeah, and Nobody knows when the world's going to end. And the big Mayan calendar that does end on December 21st of 2012 was a particular calendar that was discovered God, I forget exactly how long ago, uh, but it was discovered many years ago, and that's the one that they have always kind of went by. But what they don't realize is as explorers have discovered and explored other Mayan temples, they found more calendars. The calendars keep going for like, and I don't want to misquote the wrong number, but the calendars go for a long time in the future. So... You know, if, if people would do a little bit of research, they, they can find this and see that, you know, that was just one particular calendar. It's like they had a lot of calendars made up. That wasn't just the only one. Oh, wow. So you're saying that um, it does, they, they, their calendars actually continue past yeah. 2012. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, and, I again, I've heard... I can't remember the exact number, but for the sake of argument, let's just say it's a long time. <laughs> if you're alive today, you're not going to worry about it. <laughs> so it's one of those things that, you know, and they go in cycles. The calendars did have cycles to them, and they did say that there were patterns to cycles. And, you know, there's predictions and stuff. And, well, yeah, there are, but it goes far beyond this year. So... But but it wasn't it didn't gain a lot of popularity as the original one did. So people I don't think have really considered that when they're looking at this. Right. Well, it's, I know it's just I don't know it's just one of those things that a lot of people have recently. I've heard more and more. I've kind of ignored it, so I you know whatever you know. But I, I know that it's been a concern. A lot of people. Um, do you think that those calendars have been accurate in the past as far as like world events and things of that nature? 
Well, that could be something that you could argue back and forth probably for many years. Um, there are many things that would indicate yes, and there are many things too that would indicate no, but, you know, I don't, me personally, I do think they've gotten some, well, for lack of a better term, pretty damn good insight on a few things in past history, but again, that's, you could debate it, and the scientific community won't recognize it because it's about as reliable as trying to predict Nostradamus. You know, do people think that Nostradamus predicted several things accurately? Well, a lot of people out there believe that he did. Personally, I think he got a few things pretty scary in the ballpark or, let's say, in the right zip code. You know, I think that he got some interesting stuff in there. But, again, how much of it is open to interpretation? How much of it is realistically accurate? I don't know. Could you prove it scientifically? No, can't. You can make a general prediction about something that's so far in the future that it's going to come pretty close to being true. Yeah, well, the one that got me of his that really struck me was when he talked about Child of Germany and Hister, H-I-S-T-E-R. Child of Germany and Hister, you know, a lot of similarities there to Hitler. Mm -hmm. Pretty, I'm going to have to give him some snaps for that one. But, you know, again, though, you could argue it in many different directions and, you know, point fingers across the board on both sides to it and say, well, not necessarily, but, again, it's all open to interpretation. All right, um, guys, we, I'm going to just I'm gonna play a quick song real quick, and we're going to just kind of break this up, take a quick break, and then we're going to get into some current events um, and some pop culture, and we're going to end the show tonight. Um, I'm going to play a song by Pink, and I might, depending on the time, I might play another Kiki Walker song, but uh, I just want to play a quick song, kind of break things up and take a break. Um, jumping to the last portion of our show. Um, once again, this is the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, if you still want to call in, feel free to do so, do so um, at six four six nine one five eighty two hundred. We do have Michael Snyder and Kane um, online. Um, with your questions dealing with uh, technology, how to protect yourself online, um, how to remove um, viruses from your computer or any other um, related questions that you may have. Um, We're going to be back in a few minutes, so keep it locked. Um, This is Seneca Harris, and we will be back momentarily.
Yes, I am. Yep. All right. Um, I found um, we're going to get to the fiscal um, cliff in a minute. I wanted to, uh, to jump on that, but I found I was on there looking, and I found a story um, kind of related to what we've been talking about, you know, about the end times and stuff like that. And the title of this, uh, let me try to open this up, kind of interesting story that I, I browsed through, and I just wanted to read part of it, um, how a lot of people kind of link the, the, the weather, um, they kind of blame the weather on quote-unquote end times. And the title of this ad um, that, that I found on Yahoo News was called was entitled "Nearly Four in Ten U.S. Residents Blame the Weather on Blank on Quote Unquote um, End Times." And the article is written by Mary, and uh, I can't pronounce his last name with Wes Newski, and um, she's a anchor out of or reporter out of Chicago. Um, and the article reads as such. Um, Nearly four in ten U.S. residents say that the severity of the recent natural disasters, such as Superstorm Sandy, is evidence that the world is coming to an end, as predicted by the Bible. While more than six in ten blame it on climate change, according to a poll released on Thursday. The survey by the Public Religion Research Institute, in partnership with Religion News Service, found political and religious disagreement on what is behind the severe weather, which this year has included extreme heat and drought. Most Catholics, 60%, and white non-evangelical Protestants, 65%, say that they believe that disasters like hurricane and floods are the result of climate change. But nearly two-thirds, 65%, of white evangelical Protestants say that they think that the storms are evidence of, quote-unquote, end times, as predicted by the Bible. Overall, 36% point to the end times and 63% point to climate change. ERRI Research Director Daniel Cox said that some respondents, including 75% of non-white Protestants believe extreme weather is both evidence of end times and the result of climate change. Quote, no one really knows how the end times will look and how God would bring it about, unquote, Cox said. Politics also color perceptions of weather, um, the survey found. More than three-quarters of Democrats in six in ten Independents believe that the weather has become more extreme over the last two years, while less than half of the Republicans say that they have perceived such a shift. Quote, political leanings are are even affecting how experienced weather, which is pretty fascinating, said Cox. The January to November period in the United States this year was the warmest first 11th months of any year on record for a contiguous for the contiguous state. In two, 2012, likely for surpassed 1998 as the warmest year on record for the nation, according to the National Oce- Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. 
Um, go to, let's see. Okay, call for action. Most climate scientists believe that if the warning trend for the nation and the world is tied to human activity, such as burning of fossil fuels, extreme storms such as Sandy, along with more intense droughts, wildfires, and floods are projected by some as the result of climate change, though scientists are reluctant to attribute individual events to global warming. The PRRI survey found that while there is a disagreement about the causes of global warming, there is widespread agreement about the need of action. Two-thirds of Americans say that U.S. government should do more to address climate change, including, the most, including most of those who believe global warming is due to natural weather patterns, the survey found. Um, it's also found that 15% of Americans believe that the end of the world, as predicted by the New Testament Book of Revelation, will occur in their lifetime. Some 2% believe that the end of the world, as predicted by the ancient minds, will occur by the end of this year. Some people who say they believe in the end times do not act on that belief in their everyday lives, said that said Cal Gilson, a political science professor at Southern Methodist University. Quote, I think that there is a way of expressing a deep commitment to biblical literal, uh, literalism. Excuse me, I can't talk, said Gilson. If you sat down with them and said, do you really think that within the next few years we'll experience the end times? They probably don't. A good number of these people are saving for retirement. The survey of 1,018 adults conducted between December 5th and December 9th the margin of error was plus or minus three percent percentage points. So that was pretty much that article. So there's a lot of talk going on about the end times. Do you think that these natural disasters that we have witnessed in the past, I'll say five, six, seven years, including Hurricane Katrina and and, and a lot of the earthquakes and different things that we've witnessed, um, a lot of um, um, Tornadoes and things that have hit Haiti That have hit like um, The east coast as far as Like Sandy is concerned Just a, just a normal Just a number of things that we've seen Especially with this um, Extremely hot weather that we've experienced This past summer And the, and the long drought that we had Do you think that that has to do with More so um, uh, um, Global warming And the effects that humans have had on the environment, or do you, do you believe in this um, phenomenon that we are living in the end times? What do you guys think? Well, <clears throat> me personally, obviously, I think there is obviously a global warming issue from a scientific perspective. You can't deny that if you look at the science behind it, because, you know, this is definitely the age in which humans are affecting the planet more drastically than, than ever in the history of the planet or in the history of the human race. So obviously I feel that that's global warming is definitely the number one factor. However, I believe that if you were going to take some of the evangelical approach, you would probably say that that fits into part of the prophecy. So, 
you know, I can see where people are wanting to argue it both ways. But, and, you know, in the United States, they, the article did refer to several people believing that the United States should take more of a stance on this and do more. Well, that's great, but we, we're not the only country out there. And we're not the exactly. biggest country out there. You know, it would take many countries all getting on the boat to take an action and to really show an impact or a decrease. Now, that's, again, just my belief. Mm-hmm. I really am curious to see, like you said, like you alluded to the fact, I wonder how other countries and, and, and you know, other parts of the world, how do they view this? Like, are they under the same uh, – have they witnessed some of the same natural disasters that we witnessed? I mean, which we know some of them have. Oh, I yeah. wonder what point of um, view is on this. Well, a lot of a lot of other countries, especially developing nations, countries like Brazil and whatnot. Um, I'm sure there. Um, I have no doubt there are people that are very concerned about the impact that we're having on the environment. But also, they are developing nations, and a lot of them view efforts to cut back on fossil fuels, um, other um, products that, um, like uh, products that use aerosol cans, you know, uh, refrigeration devices that are using freon, things like that that can have a negative impact on the environment. If released into the environment, you know, they they resist um, efforts to limit the because they are developing and those those older technologies are cheaper, they're easy to to uh, acquire, and uh, they're just interested like, in getting their quality of life raised. They don't care about what yeah, the effect is. Exactly, you know, like Brazil, they've got they're one of the Population-wise, they're one of the largest countries in the world. They've got to feed their own people. They've got to, you know, clear land for uh, industry. And they have this huge, giant jungle called the Amazon. And they're going to cut those trees down to, to grow crops, feed their people, and whatnot. You know, so they're looking out for their interests. They're not looking at. They're not necessarily as concerned for the the world's self-interest as much as they are for their own self-interest. True, and some of those developing countries, you know, you could talk for days about the corruption there and of the some of those governmental schemes. And again, if the if they're making money, what do they care? And um but yeah, there's um you've also got company or countries you know the two most populous countries in the world, China and India. They they've got a fast growing middle class that they have to take care of. So they're 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 going to countries in Africa for natural resources. And they don't give a rat's ass about what's going on in those countries. They just want to exploit them for resources. Right, exactly. So, you know, you got the Congo where Many of uh, the resources that are used in our, the, all the little devices, the little toys that we love to play with, like our cell phones and our iPads and everything, a lot of that stuff comes from there. Those people are going to be exploited. Those resources are going to be raped. 
and the environment's going to suffer because we want our toys and we can afford to pay for those toys and those people can't afford to protect themselves and their own resources so they they end up suffering very good point to see on the end of the world concept if if that is just a fundamental Christian belief or if that expands to more countries that are saying predominantly non-Christian I wonder if that's you know if any of the people in those countries have a large belief in any of the well, there's there's definitely other religions, other whatnot belief systems that have this end of world concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, in in um, Japan, uh, before the, I, I don't remember what the year was, and I can't remember the guy's name. He was he was a Buddhist monk. I can't remember what strain of Buddhism he he uh, espoused. But he he predicted that he had his own end of the world prediction, and here come the Mongols, the, the the Mongolian horde coming from China trying to invade Japan, and the um, you know they got wiped out by the uh, by the um, uh, huge typhoon, the the kamikaze their fleet, their invasion fleet. So Japan was saved from invasion, and he used that to kind of say, hey, I told you the end of the world was coming and Japan was going to be saved. If you guys only follow my form of Buddhism, you'll be saved. Everything will be okay. So, yeah, there there are other religions, other cultures, whatever, that have the same thing. And, and I, know I think, I think there you... are people that really, truly, honestly do believe in this stuff, but I also think there are a lot, a lot of people that have power over these people that truly, honestly do believe in the end of the world and are just exploiting it for their own good. They don't really – just like Jim Jones, just like that yeah. guy yeah. In, in, in Japan, Aum Shinrikyo um, – you know, they're just exploiting that. Uh, there's people that believe that have these true and honest beliefs for their own good, for their own <laughs> self-interest. For the year 2000, like the whole Y2K gimmick, you know, a lot of people exploited that as well. You know, oh, you need to buy this, you need to buy that, you need you need to get these generators, you need to get that, you all this crap, and it, it wasn't even necessary. Yeah. Now, an interesting thing, and it's is a little bit off the subject, but an interesting thing about the great cosmic alignment that's supposed to be coming on September, December 21st, one thing I am just a little bit curious about is if you put that many planets in a line, that does kind of, you know, we know that different planetary gravitational influences do influence the rest of the solar system. For example, Jupiter, by its 
sheer size and its gravitational pull, it kind of spares us from some asteroids because it pulls a lot of stuff away from us. So I guess having a gravitational influence and you put all these planets in a straight line, I am a little bit curious to know if, for example, how the moon affects tides here on the Earth. I am kind of curious if there would be anyone recording tidal flows or things of that nature just to see if there is any increase in the tidal flows or any increase. I'm just a little curious about that. As far as the 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 solar plane as far as how the planets rotate around the earth to the human's visible eye we are all the planets pretty much are on the same plane you know if you if you put them all down on a table they would look like it's sitting on the same surface but there is some variation um also we've got the sun the sun is at the center of the solar system we our planets do not orbit the sun in a perfect circle. It's called an ellipse. You know, it's, sure. it's like like kind of egg shaped. So, and also the sun being at the center of the universe, that's where the gravity well is. That's the largest focus of gravity in in our solar system. And the sun is massive compared to even Jupiter. Jupiter is just a little midget compared to the sun. So if this so-called solar alignment where all the planets line up in a line, whatever, they're not going to be exactly on the same plane. There is some variation, but there is enough distance. And, there, you know, the Earth's gravity well is 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 so small compared to... Jupiter's gravity well, and Jupiter's gravity well is so small compared to the sun's. It's this any tidal effect by the planets lining up in anywhere near a semblance of a straight line. It's you would need very delicate instruments to to measure it. I'm curious if it was even maybe say the tides were a a half an inch higher than normal. It probably wouldn't even be that much. It's going to be so small. You need delicate instruments to measure it. And and you know we're we're living in a solar system that is at least four billion years old. You you got kind of got to you know this has happened before many times <laughs> and nothing happened. Yeah, I'm just curious if it'd be even something as minute as that. But not that I don't think, you know, and I don't think a half an inch even in the difference of a tidal flow would probably be something that most people would probably even notice. But, you know, I'm just curious about things like that. Yeah. It's nothing that's going to, it's going to, it's only people that believe in astrology believe that there's any significance in something like that. It's really... And yeah. Okay. Well, we have about six minutes left. I'm really, I'm gonna still record after the show goes off. I got a couple more stories I want to do. Um, then I'm gonna probably uh, put on YouTube later. But um, I got two more stories I want to get on. I want to talk about how the uh, fiscal cliff is splitting the big and small business community. And I also want to talk about uh, one more story that I found interesting on 
Uh, oh, oh, Seneca, real um, quick, I, I, I want to mention something. What we've been talking about tonight, as far as um, the Senate is taking steps to, towards banning stalking software, so I think that's kind of appropriate to you know what we've been discussing tonight as far as privacy and um, computer technology. Um, did you have something that you wanted to say, Ken? Yeah, going back to this whole thing about the solar system, tonight is the Geminid meteor shower. So if you live somewhere where there's not a lot of bunch of light, uh, uh, you know, go outside and watch some meteors, meteorites. All right. I've never really seen one of those, but I really would love to see that. And every time that... Uh, a meteor shower is taking place. I'm always doing something or sleeping or something. I've always never had a chance to witness that. Well, it doesn't help that we live in a city where there's a lot of light pollution, so it's really difficult to see. But anyone that's listening that doesn't live somewhere where there's lots of light pollution, go watch some uh, meteor shower, meteorites, and uh, pretty, make a wish. I can see it pretty good from my backyard. Wow. Yeah, you you kind of live, yeah. Out in the country, though, like yeah, I'm um, on the edge of the city out here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let me jump to this story. Uh, should I do the uh, fiscal cliff, or should I? I want to talk. I want to jump back to um, the Senate takes steps um, towards banning stalking software. Okay. Um, I have an article from the Associated Press. And this article is out of Washington, um, D.C. Um, and it reads, reads as such. I'm not going to probably read the whole article, but I just wanted to um, get get pretty much the basic information out there. Um, a loophole that permits software companies to sell cyber stocking apps that operate secretly on cell phones could soon be closed by Congress. The software is popularly among jealous wives or husbands because it continuously tracks the whereabouts of a spouse. The Senate Judiciary Committee approved a bill Thursday that, that will make it a crime for companies to make and intentionally operate a stalking act. The legislation sponsored by Senate Al Frank, Franken um, would also curb the appeal for such inexpensive and easy-to-use programs by requiring companies to disclose their existence on a target's phone. Stalking and wiretapping are already illegal, but there are no provisions in federal law that clearly prohibit businesses from making an app whose primary primary purpose is to help one person stalk another. Franken's proposal would extend the criminal and civil liabilities for the improper use of apps to include the software companies that sell them. The proposal would update laws passed years before wireless technology revolutionized communications. Telephone companies currently are barred from disclosing to businesses the locations of people who make traditional phone calls, but there is no such prohibition um, when when communicating over the Internet. If a mobile device sends an email, links to websites, or launches an app, the precise location of the phone can be passed to advertisers, marketers, and others without the user's permission. Quote, what most, what's most troubling about this is our law is not protecting the location information, said Franklin. Um, 
then ambiguity has created a niche for companies like uh, Retina Software, which makes phone e-phone trackers, and describes it as a quote-unquote step-phone spy software. It is available online for about $50. Quote, suspect your spouse is cheating. The company website says, don't break the bank by hiring a private investigator, unquote. Um, hmm. I've got something much to say about this. About how a lot of these um, apps have been responsible for, like, a lot of domestic violence um, issues and how this has still to uh, prohibit these um, uh these, these apps and things like that. Do you think that that's a good idea? Well, Seneca, uh, let me let me mention something where uh, this applications like this do have a, a perfectly legitimate use. Um, I used to do customer service for Verizon cell phone, the, the cell phone company, and they had an application that you could install on your phones. So you could find family members, um, and they they sold the app as a device, as a, an application that you could keep track of your children. Let's say, um, let's say it's five o'clock, and you expected your your high school kid to be home by now, or your high school kid to be at basketball practice. You could use this app to find out where they are, assuming, of course, the phone is in is in their presence or near nearby so that's a legitimate use but it also can be abused obviously you can install it on your wife or your husband's phone and find out where he or she is or your girlfriend or your boyfriend's phone another legitimate use is like um, what I have on my iPod if I lose my iPod assuming it's somewhere near a Wi-Fi hotspot I can find out where it is and either wipe it so no one gets access to my data or I can call up the police and say, hey, I think someone stole my iPod and this is where they're at right now or the last time I, ch- I-, I checked, this is where it's at. So you can recover your device and it can be used also on computers. So, yeah, I, know. I, could, I could see the pros and cons of it like you said. Um, but like you said, it's always the negative side of things that's going to. It's always the, the few people that that abuse something that makes. It, I mean, it makes it bad for most people that are using these apps for um, legitimate reasons. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I do. I think that um, they need to push some uh, legislation. You know to back people's privacy, I think so, but totally banning it, I don't think that that's... It's the, the age-old uh, question, you know, uh, that we've well, had like, with every um, new technology. Is it good or is it bad? You know, when movies came out, you know, people probably, you know, people said, oh, movies are good. It's just going to be another sign of degradation of society because now we can watch people doing all kinds of bad stuff and it's going to be in our communities and Blah blah blah. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, um, 
one of the provisions that they put in there was like having to make it known that it's on there or a way that, you know, if it's going to do something like that, that it lets you know it is. Okay, I don't think that that's a bad idea if they want to go ahead and ban those things or put in this provision of the app has to tell you. That's fine because obviously if you are the parent and your kid, you're putting this on your kid's phone, you know, you can take the phone from the kid and install the software and say, yes, I know it's on here, and then, you know, give the phone back to the child and, you know, go about their happy way. Yeah, there's, there's the technology itself. There's nothing illegal or bad about the technology itself. It's how it's used. Exactly. That's true. Just like with just like with BitTorrent. BitTorrent, there's nothing wrong with it, but people still use it to to uh, download pirated software, pirated movies, stuff like that. It's how you use the technology that is legal or not. Now, if you got a company that is, it's it, it has a software, and it, the whole purpose that it's selling the software, advertising the software is like, you know, don't break the bank. Find out where your wife or your spouse, your your boyfriend, your girlfriend is. Blah blah blah. That's questionable because that's, but they that's know no it's different. Uh, that's no different than just you know, you know, you know, your 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 spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever leaves the house, saying they're they're going grocery shopping, and then you just follow them to to see where they're going and. And peering in a window to to watch you know watch what they're doing or you know picking up the phone and covering the the receiver and just listening to their phone conversations you know mm-hmm. it, it, that that stuff that is you know that that those applications that are being sold and with that purpose that is invasion of privacy mm-hmm. but something like an application that will help you retrieve a device. There's no invasion of privacy implied or or intended. That's just simply to retrieve your device, a device that or a device or application that is. I mean, if you're a good parent and you install something like that on your kid's phone, you're going to tell them, and their kids are going to understand that you got that on that on their phone. And so you know, there's no invasion of privacy. There's no, you know. Yeah. yeah, I disagree on that. It's your kid. You don't have to tell them. It's you're paying the bill. <laughs> They're exactly. your child. <laughs> exactly. And you're still yes, but you're children still also have. You're still under my authority until you are the age of 18. Well, that's true, but also children also do have the legal expectation for some degree of privacy. Not when it comes to you as the parent. Exactly. You are responsible to know what your child is doing because if your child goes out here and do, does something, you can't, use excuse, you can't use an excuse, well, you know, I didn't want to invade their privacy. No, 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 no. You are responsible of anything that your child does. Until they are the legal age of 18. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm concerned if you're living under my roof and I'm paying the bills, um, there there is no privacy. There will not be privacy. Now I'll give you general privacy as far as you know, you go into the restroom and this, that, and the other, just basic, you know, stuff like that. But as far as no, if I choose well, not with to, their phone and not with their computer. 
Okay, well, this conversation is starting to go into a different direction, mm-hmm. which, uh, but wouldn't you agree, as a parent raising a child, if you want to raise a responsible, mature child who's going to grow into a responsible and mature adult, you need to pr- provide them with a certain degree of trust, and that trust engenders um you know, you're saying, I, okay, you are growing up, you, you're you, speaking I'm of going to trust going you with a On a very problem. broad sliding scale, depending upon each individual kid. Yeah. But also, I mean, first of all, they have to earn that trust. Nothing, you right. need to teach your child. First of all, that's going to be another, we, we, we're going to get on that topic. We're going to get on that topic in the future show, because I'm glad that you brought that up. And I want, it, I want it to be a topic that everybody can hear, because at this point, like, we're just recording. People won't be able to hear this until later. But I want to I want to talk about this topic live because uh, when we're talking about privacy and we're talking about things like that and, and, and about the young people, we need to teach them there's nothing in life is given to you, and you need to earn that trust. Right. See what For I'm example, saying? when I was when I was growing up, uh, on every month. Every first Friday of the month, I would drive to Indianapolis to go to the Doctor Who fan club, and I would hang out with my friends. You know, we'd go and we'd watch the the TV show, and we'd talk, and then a small group of us, we would head out to uh, our favorite pizza hut and have have a a pizza party. And I wouldn't get home till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and... My parents, they expected me to say, okay, it's it's first Friday of the month. I'm going to Indianapolis to spend some time with my friends. They're in the Doctor Who fan club. I'm not going to be getting home till 2 or 3 in the morning because I'm going to be hanging out with them. I'm getting home. I'm sober. No alcohol, no drugs. All I had was a bunch of soda and some pizza and and some jokes with friends. You know, keep that up get another privilege keeps going so you know that kind of thing that level of trust and whatnot it grows and that that where am i going i think i lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you know in the sector of you know cell phone and digital privacy to a juvenile you know parents got to be watchful they have to be and, and it's not even a child that you got to watch out for. Right. It's the predators out here. It's not that you. It's not even necessarily that the children that you you can't trust them. It's the fact that you can't trust the world around them. And like you said, you are legally responsible for the well-being and the safety of that child until they reach the age of eighteen, and when they can they can legally fend for themselves. You know, sometimes you know because the child's eighteen does not mean they're And I know what what parent tracking or parental supervision software that he's talking about with Verizon. I'm a Verizon customer myself, and I know what he's talking about, and I think it is a wonderful tool. Is it Live 360 or something like that? I forget what it's called, but it is a wonderful tool. It really is. And, you know, it has, you know, the best of intentions at heart. It really does. But I'm not so sure I'd tell the kid that it's on there. (laughs) The kid's gonna see it. Kids yeah. these days, they're savvy. They know 
They know how to use their phones. Oh, yeah, they probably know better than the parents. In all honesty, they probably know more than the parent does. Yep. I could totally see, you know, if I had a child, and they'd be like, why is this on here? I'd be like, if you like having a phone, it's going to stay on there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that doesn't mean I'm going to log into it each and every day and supervise your every undying move. No, but if I got a question and I decide to look, I will question it and look. (laughs) Exactly. Of course, if you have a child that you have to actually supervise their each and every single move, I would question giving them a phone anyway. But. So it, it basically comes down to the intention and purpose of the service and application. If it's something that's going to spy on a significant other, then yeah, that's pretty questionable because uh, – you got your girlfriend, you got your boyfriend, you got your your wife, your husband. They're supposed, you know, just by the mere fact that you're in a relationship together, that implies that there is a certain level of trust. And if you, if you don't, don't have, have trust, that certain have level of trust, and you're going to go ahead and do something sneaky like this, then you yeah, know, and you know, we're talking about grown legal adults too. You know, if your intention is to use it as a grown legal adult, that's that's unacceptable. Sorry. Right. If you are a grown legal adult, you should have to be able to have your say and consent upon that device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if this is leading to domestic issues, or, you know, it's leading to a whole new level of just ridiculousness, if it's such a word, then, then we need to question it. Question the people involved. Exactly. Of course, as I've always said many times before, in a perfect world. Often, what we consider a quote unquote perfect world. So. Exactly. In a perfect world, we wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, well, but it's not a perfect world. Yeah. Well, guys, um, I'm going to do this. Uh, I want to save this whole fiscal quiz for Monday. I mean, if you guys are available, because that's a huge topic, and I want it to be a live, you know, um, topic when we do it. So, what? Speaking of the fiscal quiz, just real quick, do you happen to know what the deadline is? I have to come up with something by. Um. I don't remember. I know it's soon. And I've also heard some analysts say it's not really a cliff. It's more like a curb. Because uh, if if a, a budget is not approved by the deadline, the really bad stuff doesn't really happen until a few months down the road anyway. Yeah, that's why I heard like January something, like the middle of January or by March or April, something like that. I, uh, I'm just hoping that the administration is going to play tough ball and say, look, you guys, we're not going to make any, we're not going to cut any deals with you. 
You want to go over the cliff? Let's go. We're going. We're going over the cliff, and then it can be your fault because you didn't want to do, didn't want to work with us to find compromise. I think. And uh, the I forget the guy's name. The guy that that came up with the whole pledge that the the Tea Party and a lot of the Republicans signed, saying that they would not approve any tax hikes on people over a certain um, income level. And from what I'm understanding, some people are starting to bail on that uh, that whole pledge. They're like, okay, well, this isn't working. Yeah, I think both sides are maintaining their stance on it. I mean, you know, usually there's always a problem on both sides of the aisle. I mean, it's it's politics, let's face it. <laughs> he is saying... Uh, hmm. Um, December, let's say, okay, it says December 21st, target date for a final deal that will permit lawmakers to make a full holiday break. Or I think December 26th, it's it's between, like, yeah, it's between December 26th and the 31st or something like that. Okay. Yeah, because it says, like, if no deal has been reached by this time to raise the government debt soon, of $16.4 trillion, the U.S. Treasury Department will have to take extraordinary measures to put off possible default as it has done before. So, I don't know. And they, last year, they had a committee, that special committee, you know, bipartisan committee that was set up, and it was dissolved because they couldn't come to an agreement. I think at this point, um, we need to go over the cliff, and I don't think it's that big a deal. Uh, I mean, well, and initially you know, we'll we'll be hit by some higher taxes. But uh, I had an interesting thought on the idea, and I I can't say I disagree with you, Kane, on the idea of let's do it, let's just drive us over it, because I think that might start to wake people up a little bit at their election time. You know? Yep. And I realize that, you know, when it comes to, like, senators or representatives and dealing with these issues, they are being elected by the people in their area. And the people in their area may think that they're just a rock star. You know, they may think that they're the greatest thing for their territory that they could be. And maybe they are. Maybe they take care of their constituents in their areas very well. But I think the bigger picture is the rest of the country needs to maybe have a little say on it, too. (laughs) Because, you know, your individual person may do great for you, and you may like him, and you may keep reelecting him. But is is that individual just one drop in the bigger pool that's causing a bigger problem? Yeah, that's true. which puts us in the situations we are now, which neither side, you know, is willing to compromise. And they also have to look at the, the world economy. If a, if a compromise isn't, isn't found, or agencies and organizations like Standard & Poor, they're going to downgrade our, um, our financial status, which is going to further affect economies in other other places like the European Union and and so forth. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to get worse. So, and I don't think they're thinking about the big picture. I think they're thinking about their own little thing. And I think I think a lot of you know the conservatives and whatnot. They they. I, I think they're just being obstructionist. They're just obstructing any kind of efforts to try and make a problem or any efforts by Obama's administration to try and improve a situation that they got, you know, they got that got dumped in their lap. Of course, they they wanted it to dumped in their lap. They they chose to run for office and accept the responsibility and try and resolve it. You got these morons that are obstructing them and preventing them from trying to even, you know, making any effort to even fix it. And you know, is there? And a lot of this stuff is going back to fifteen, twenty years ago. That you know started with that created the problem back in two thousand eight, the financial problem in two thousand eight, but. Um, they're, they're, I just don't see. You ever wonder where we're going to be at in 20 years? From the conservative side. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we need comp- this is going to be a complex and we can continue on Monday. So I think it's, yeah, a very in depth conversation that you need to add. I mean, and the hour is being kind of light. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys have anything else before I close out? I don't believe I do. Okay. Nope. I think. All right. Well, this is the Urban Wire. Um, we probably try to do another. Show and continue this on Monday because I think that this is um, uh, going to be a hot button topic, you know, the upcoming, in the upcoming week. So, well, just want to thank you guys as always. So, all right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having right. us tonight. Okay. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.